0: Hi from the Wally family, I'm Russell. I'm Lauren. I'm Andrew. I'm Lynn. Our reading from God's Word today is from John chapter 17. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began.
1: I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe. By that name that you gave me, none has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that scripture would be fulfilled.
2: I am coming to you now, but I say, These things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world but you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth your word is truth.
0: I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me Because before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, Though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them, and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. This is God's word.
2: Hello, my name's John, and do grab your Bibles. We're going to be reflecting on the prayer of Jesus, but now let's pray once again. Heavenly Father we thank you that the words of Jesus' prayer has been recorded down for us that we may see his heart and we pray Lord that as we reflect on this that you'll shape our hearts that it might align with his and we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and King Amen Well it was Oswald Chambers a Scottish minister over a hundred years ago who said prayer Is the most normal and useful thing. It is why, even those who do not believe in God, in in times of crisis, many will lift their eyes up to God, the God they do not know, and pray, Please God, help me, God. You see, Chambers, he went on to say, Prayer is the practice of drawing on the grace of God, it is how we respond to God in adoration. In praise in worship it is how we commune with God and bring to him our deepest most secret longings and so it is also why our prayers reveal and even expose what our heart is really like if you see if you want to know what I'm really like if you want to see inside my heart then you listen to my prayers And the flip side is also true. If I want to know what you're really like uh, and I want to see inside your heart, then I listen to your prayers, what you pray about, what you pray for, what you request of God, what you desire, what you cry out to God, or whether you pray at all. You see, prayer is like that window into what our heart is like. Now, given the opportunity, what do you want to know what the heart of Jesus Christ is like. Because in this passage, that is exactly what we get to see as we listen in on God the Son praying to God the Father. And his prayer is so rich, so dense, so deep. It's like an onion with so many layers. You peel off a layer and there's another and there's another. But but what we're looking at today, it's holy ground we're standing on because we're getting to see inside the heart of Jesus. We come with him in the school of prayer. Now in this prayer that Jesus prays, first we see he begins his prayer in a similar way he taught his disciples to pray in the Lord's Prayer. And how did that prayer begin? That prayer begins, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. You see, that is the honour and glory belonging to God. He prays for that that God is the one who must be worshipped by all. And so he too, Jesus begins by praying for the glory of his Father. You see, his heart is concerned for the glory of God. Now remember the word glory. It means weightiness, heaviness, worthiness. Jesus is praying about magnifying, elevating the splendor and worth of God. Now of course the glory of God here we see The glory of God the Father is bound up with the glory of the Son. Jesus brings glory to his Father by obeying him. And Jesus is glorified in doing so because it will mean the salvation of souls. And so that's what we see as the prayer begins. Look at verses 1 and 2 with me. Father, the time has come. Now remember the time is the time of his death. Glorify your Son. That your Son may glorify you, for you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now, that last bit, that last bit means even before you or I had the opportunity to believe, to choose God, before my Sunday school teacher taught me about Jesus, before my youth leader taught me about Jesus. God had already chosen to give me to his son. Now do you see what I mean by that onion? There are layers upon layers here in what Jesus is saying. Now now here when we see the heart of Jesus, what do you notice about his priority? It's a little bit subtle, but you notice his, his priority here. You see his work on earth was ultimately about bringing glory to his father even before our salvation, even if we can say that. You see, his priority was the glory of God. Now, of course, it is all bound up together, but there is a priority there. Look at verses 4 to 5. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do, that is, the work of displaying the costly love of God and the holy justice of God at the cross. And he goes on. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. And that is what Jesus prays for, for the glory of God, for the glory of his Father. And that is why even in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know the story, when Jesus was sweating with sweats of blood and he prayed to his Father, Father, if you could take this cup away. But then what did Jesus pray after that? He didn't say, you expect him to say, well, I just love these people so much, I will drink it. He didn't say that. Instead, what did he say? Not my will, but your will, which means our first priority on the heart of Jesus was to glorify his Father in heaven. Now, of course, it is all bound up together with him dying on the cross and displaying his love for us. But at the forefront of his mind, His priority Jesus prays for the glory of the Father and that was what was on Jesus heart and already if you think about that that should cause us to reflect on our own heart and our own prayers how much of my prayers is really about the glory of God is the glory of God my priority am I praying that God will heal me of my sickness Or am I praying instead that even in my sickness, I might bring glory to God? Or am I praying that God will make my life easier, grant me success? Or am I praying whether I have little or much, whether it is a difficult life or easy life, that God might establish me in my goings so that I might bring glory to God? You see, we see inside the heart of Jesus from this prayer, And at the forefront of that is the glory of his Father. Well, next he turns his heart towards his disciples and he prays for their faith, that they'll be established in the faith, that they'll stay firm in the faith, that they'll hold on to the word that Jesus taught them. Now, if Jesus had to pray for his disciples, what do you think that suggests? What do you think that suggests about life in this world and what that will look like well at the very least he should tell us that it won't be easy it's serious enough it's difficult enough that God the Son had to pray to God the Father for his disciples look at verse 9 I pray for them I'm not praying for the world but for those you have given me for they are yours And even for the disciples who belong to God, they need the prayers of Jesus Christ to remain steadfast in their faith. Why? Well, you only really have to read a few pages of Barnabas Fun, for example. The latest news, seven children and a baby among 17 Nigerian Christians murdered by Fulani militants in remote village, 11th of May. Worshippers' ribs broken as police forcibly shut down church in China, 3rd of May. Militants murder at least 57 people and damage church in spate of attacks in Mozambique, 10th of April. And so Jesus prays. He knows it's going to be hard. He prays. Look at verse 11. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world and I'm coming to you. Holy Father protect them by the power of your name the name you gave me that is by your very being as God so that they may be one as we are one Now it makes you wonder doesn't it if the disciples were not protected by Jesus while he was with them what would have come of them perhaps there wouldn't have been 11 disciples left in it perhaps it wouldn't have just been Judas who would have betrayed Jesus and that's why Jesus prayed for their faith, that they would be protected even from the evil one, just like he taught them in the Lord's Prayer. Look at verse 15 now. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. See, Jesus prays for their faith. Jesus prays that God would preserve them, that they, that they be sanctified, that is, they will be set apart from the world, but sent into the world. And that was exactly what the disciples end up doing. They experience imprisonment, beatings, floggings, and even for the Apostle Peter, crucified upside down. How could they have remained faithful and steadfast? Well, Jesus prayed for them. Look now, verses 16 to 18. They are not of the world even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. That is to set them apart. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And again, that should highlight what we pray for in this season. It should help us and remind us what is important. How much are we praying for our well-being and our livelihoods and not about our faith or each other's faith. One thing that I've been praying for my children during this season is that it will be a formative season for their faith, so that one day in the future they might look back upon this season and remember that God is good and faithful and that God can always be trusted. And isn't that a prayer that we can pray for each other to remain faithful and steadfast so that when we do eventually get back together physically we can see that we've all grown that no one is lost that our faith is stronger Wouldn't that be tremendous joy? And so Jesus here he prays for the glory of the Father and now he prays for the faith of his disciples And then finally Finally Jesus turns his heart towards all believers, and that is you and me included. Now I'm not sure how that makes you feel. Every time I hear anyone say to me, I've been praying for you, I've been keeping you in my prayers, it just lifts my heart, it encourages me, it spurs me, and I'm sure that's true for you too. But here, to hear that God the Son will pray for you and me, It is overwhelming. And so what did Jesus pray for? Well, he prays for our unity. Unity with God and unity with each other. And I suspect Jesus prays that because he expects there to be challenges, temptations, when sin gets the better of us and we don't keep the unity. But unity is the purpose of God. You see, when you see a family where the husband and wife, they're always in conflict and they don't behave like father and mother to their children. And so the children, they learn from their parents. They don't, they don't get along with each other and there's no unity. It's not what family life is meant to look like. And how much worse is that in the household of God, where we are all loved by the same Father, saved by the same Saviour, indwelled, by the same spirit, where we all share a common experience of grace and where we can all call heaven home. And that's why Jesus prays for our unity. Look now at verses 20 and 21. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That is the message of the apostles that all of them may be one father just as you are in me and I am in you may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me now do you see why unity amongst believers is so important it is because our unity reflects something of the unity of God father son and spirit and our unity reflects our unity with God. We are in Christ, and Christ is in us by his Spirit. And that is why it's meant to be this way wherever you go in the world. Fiji, Berlin, Stockholm, New York, Melbourne, to any church belonging to Christ. Now, of course, every church will have their own different flavours, But at the very centre of each church, you should be able to see a unity. A unity in what they believe. A unity expressed in love. A unity like a family. In fact, not just anywhere in the world today, but anywhere in the world since the time of Jesus. There's a unity we share with the church of Ephesus from the 2nd century to the church of Geneva in the 16th century, to the Presbyterian church in Surrey it was 130 years ago. And that's why Jesus goes on to emphasize how important this unity is. It is about how we, together, present ourselves to the world. And that is why nothing does the church more damage and more harm than disunity in the church. Notice verse 23 now. may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know see the purpose there that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me now we're getting to the heart of this unity and it is the love that God the Father has for the Son that is at the very centre and we are swept up into that same love you see what Jesus said Even as you have loved me, you love them. So that the way that God the Father loves Jesus is the same way God the Father loves us, united by the same love of God. So that if anyone sees a Christian and watches the life of a Christian long enough and listens to how the Christian talks and prays and sees the the fount of joy in the Christian's life, They should be able to notice in time. This is one who is loved by God. You see, that's what our passage says. Let the world know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. And so Jesus prays for the unity of believers. And that unity will, in the end, mean being with Jesus forever. United to be with him forever. Now here Jesus speaks about heaven. But he shows us the focus of heaven and it will perhaps correct many of us a bit in how we tend to like to talk and think about heaven. You see, when I ask, what are you looking forward to most in heaven? How would you answer? Or some might say, to see mum or to see dad or to see my grandparents or my husband or my wife or my children. Or to even see the martyrs, Jim Eliot, Bonhoeffer. Or to see the, the reformers, John Calvin, Martin Luther. Or to see the apostles, Paul, Peter, John, I certainly would. And though that will be true, there will be the great reunion of all the saints from every age. It will be an unspeakable joy. But it won't be the central focus. And if that is all we are looking forward to in heaven then we've missed the mark. You see, heaven is centered on Jesus Christ and seeing his glory. Just as he is the focus of our life now, he is also the focus of that life then. Do you see that? That's what he said. Verse 24, have a look. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. And to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. You see, heaven is to see Jesus in his unshielded, uncontainable, blazing glory. Far above and beyond any domesticated heaven where you're just hanging there with your family and friends. And that is what Jesus prays for that there will be unity as one, that there will be united by the same love God the Father has for God the Son, that they will be united one day and see the glory of Jesus. And so here in this prayer, we see the heart of Jesus. He prays for the glory of his Father, the faith of his disciples, and the unity of all believers. And that is the heart of of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so let me ask you now, what do you pray for? Does your heart align with that of your Lord? You see, reading this and thinking about this and meditating on this, it certainly got me thinking once again, am I praying now for my honour or God's honour? Am I praying for my glory or God's glory? Am I praying for my kingdom or God's kingdom? Am I praying for my comfort or am I praying that my faith and the faith of my fellow believers, they will be strengthened and refined even through trials and difficulties and all the hardships of life? Am I praying for unity, unity in the spirit, unity with my fellow believers? And perhaps a helpful prayer for all of us to pray as a church family, that, that we can pray in this season and as we come out of this season and as we look forward to the day when we gather together physically, that we remain united with each other and with God. Why? So that even when the world looks upon us, they may see something of the glimpse of the love God has for the Son and for us and it's why prayer should be the most normal and natural thing and so what do you pray for what's on your heart while we are with jesus in a school of prayer and what better way to end than to pray together the prayer our lord taught us to pray so let's join in prayer our father who is in heaven